The contents of this show are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Any information on the show does not create a client-therapist relationship and should not be taken as professional advice. Before making any decisions regarding your health care, ask your personal physician or mental health care professional or call 911 for any emergencies. We are three friends exploring connection from the coffee shop to the podcast studio. I'm Amy. I'm Anna. I'm Erin. Today, our sponsor is Shapa, a numberless scale and personalized plan that will completely change the way you think about your overall health and hitting your goals. Shapa is perfect for people who are making an effort towards a healthier lifestyle, but do not want to feel confused or judged by a number. Instead, when you step on your Shapa, you'll see a color based on your weight trend over the past 10 days. So if you go out for tacos the night before, or it's that time of month, Shapa won't judge. Shapa will also keep you on track and motivated by sending you personalized daily missions related to exercise, sleep, nutrition, and more that fit your lifestyle and your goals so you can build healthy habits and achieve lasting results. I have a Shapa and I've had it for a couple years. I love it because when I see a color versus a number, I tend to be way more gentle with myself. I'm encouraged rather than discouraged. And I know that my color takes my weight range into consideration rather than one single digit, which naturally fluctuates. I love the missions because they are achievable goals. We've got a deal for you. If you go to myshapa.com and enter less alone 50, you will get $50 off your Shapa scale plus free US shipping. <gasps> Hi! Oh my god! Oh my gosh, oh very excited. Okay, Aaron just kicked off the welcome. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Oh, Is that what I look like when I give you? <laughs> Energy, energy. Yes. Speaking of energy, we have got a great <laughs> podcast today. Damn, it's, yo! No, Captain. Damn! Segway. So. Damn. T- thank you. <laughs> damn. <laughs> so good. Okay. <laughs> we have got a great show today. We're super one. excited. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Here we go again. Okay. <laughs> it's so, a big one. Last episode, we were able to talk with Sarah of the Kid Conscious Project and super stoked about everything she's doing. I was really inspired. Mm-hmm. It was so inspiring. It made me wish that I had that stuff when I was a kid. Oh, like, hell yeah. It was amazing. Totally. Yeah. I think it was so cool how it was like, you know, originally this leadership program, but then really it is now becoming a consciousness program yes yeah you know and like like the it, evolution of it yeah mm-hmm. but just what a gift for kids mm-hmm. and Huge. parents yes. you know like that is really cool and, and for the world and everybody and, and for the world yes yes for kids just, everyone. Yeah, everyone. just everyone just everyone good like a huge job, Sarah. yeah so great stuff and what we really wanted to talk about today or narrow in on was protecting our energy fields protecting our energy fields. Yeah, well, and we got so much from her interview, but that so was much. like like one of the things that really stood out is like, yeah. whoa. Well, and then like how that translates to boundaries, which Mm -hmm. is such a common topic. Mm -hmm. And so we found some great information on the subject and we'll get into it. We're excited. Mm -hmm. But before we do that, (laughs) quick review. And I got to say, this is from Perky Doodle. That's so great. Perky Doodle. I don't know about you if you have a doodle, but... I am a proud owner of a standard poodle puppy. <laughs> and Dory, who was on our home episode yes. of season one. Yeah. Yep. So you can hear her bark in that episode. Maybe if you we want. can get a picture. Once, though. Maybe we can get a picture. Oh, it's on the website. Oh, yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. But okay. I can get it with the like, eyes. An updated. She this dog super has sweet. these eyes mm. that are the most telling and soulful little things yeah and you so, always think she's looking into your soul i do right? absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah that she's yeah. looking into my soul she is a they're powerful so i think yeah. we should put that in our instagram yeah all we right can, we can make that happen <laughs> yeah i know Dory's coming yeah you know it. i know her i know the person. you can pull some straight i can yeah. Yeah, i'll talk to the people in charge right. yeah <laughs> thanks anna yeah. so anyway I, I am that person in charge mm-hmm. <laughs> i've got that you got the handle for y'all so thank you perky doodle this is what you said to us <laughs> thank you worthwhile and fun 
Five stars. This podcast strikes a great balance of providing meaningful content while remaining upbeat and easy to listen to. I've already tried some of their suggestions and noticed results with friends. So awesome. How cool is that? That's awesome. Yes. And thank you for telling us that because we love to hear what's what's working. Or how people are taking in and like retaining and like what they think about the podcast and like things. It's super interesting because everyone has a different perspective on things. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why they're great. I think. I do have to say. Yeah. I got some text messages this week um, from my mom and my sister. Thanks, mom and Anne. And they were like, I love this. I'm taking notes. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes. That is so good. That is great. I get texts like that, too. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh It's so awesome. So anyway, hopefully same will come from this episode. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed. Maybe. All right. So protecting our own energy fields. Yeah. So boundaries and boundaries. So I'm curious about when she's because I freaked out when she said that because I was so yeah. excited that she's teaching kids that. So for the two of you, why did that resonate with both of you? Amy, you you take it away. Great. Thanks, Anna. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, okay, I, well so I think about this. Yeah. Okay. So I think about my own energy field being my own life force in yes. a way yep. and where people really have an impact on that mm-hmm. life force or on my own energy field and can really make it positive or negative, like the toxicity that some people bring into that field and then how I see that affecting my life. And I see people who are really positive, supportive, loving, genuine to me and coming into my field and how positively that affects Mm -hmm. my own day to day. And I feel like lately with going through some hardship, it's become so obvious to me how I do have control over protecting that field. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so... It's been a really powerful thing for me to think about what I can control and what I can't and how I can protect my energy field, which will then create the life force or the Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I guess life force that I want. Do you have specific exercises that you do or what do you do for that? Well, interestingly enough, my therapist gave me this cool tool about like five. It's like it's a circle Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper. And it has a bunch of different categories and then numbers one through 10 kind of going out from the center. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's like a self-care tool. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about like what's in my control and what's not. So mm-hmm. she has me draw a small circle mm-hmm. and then a big circle. And it's like brain dumps, you know, like, so what do I have control over, you know, in the center circle? So for example, I have control over if I make food, if I buy food, what food I can eat. If I take a shower, if I don't take a Mm -hmm. shower, if I talk to someone, if I don't talk to someone, if I check an email. Do with you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, a while ago when I was working with her, it was like I had control to look and find my own house, but I didn't have control over so much other stuff. So Mm. all that other stuff went into like the bigger circle. Mm -hmm. But she's really helped with identifying some of that. And I think for me. It's just like an exercise. It helps me protect the energy field because I'm seeing like, holy crap, you know, like I can control that. And so I can allow that into my energy field. But then like people or my contact with people, I guess I have control over that. And so am I going to allow them into my energy field? No. Mm. Mm hmm. If they're toxic. Mm -hmm. Right. So we talk a lot about that, too, with, you know, just thinking about who fills my cup, you know, like who do I want in that energy field? You better have us at the top of the list. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, where are we on the listing? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? We spend all this time together. So (laughs) I think we would have been booted by now. Oh, my God. No, you guys fill my cup more than you would ever know. Thank you. So, yeah, I don't. Does that answer your Absolute, question? Yeah. yeah. Anna, yeah. what about you, Anna? So, can you repeat the question? <laughs> 
the question was <laughs> that we all were really stoked when Sarah was talking about she tried to get out of it, but I didn't forget. So You're like so annoyed with me right now. <laughs> so we talked about, Sarah was talking about how they did a workshop with little kids yeah. that taught them how to protect their own energy field. And so all of us were super stoked. That's the thing we picked yeah. from the episode. And so for you, how do you do that for you? You know, I think it really resonated with me because it's a concept, having boundaries and protecting my energy field. That's something that I only came into uh, feeling empowered about when I became an adult and like started the self journey, self health, um, self healing journey of like figuring out who I am and all of that. Like it wasn't something that was even allowed or on my radar when I was a kid. And mm -hmm. so I think that's why it stood out to me in particular as like, wow, this is something that we can teach kids, she's teaching kids or um, having others teach kids as something that is super vital. And I really feel like so much of the angst or problems that come up in like adult friendships and relationships is partly because of boundaries and lack of boundaries. Mm -hmm. And so like, Talking about boundaries and protecting our energy fields and what that looks like is something that I just it really stood out because it's something that I've had to work on and acknowledge and, you know, cut out certain people or limit my contact with them in an effort to protect my space and my sanity. So that's why it stood out to me. Mm -hmm. I love how you just brought up kids. And I think like, I mean, one of the big things that I was like, oh my gosh, when Sarah was in studio is thinking about what a gift a child or a whatever, a, you know, a kid would have thinking about this stuff so early on. Mm -hmm. Well, because kids are so sensitive. All of us, everybody is born into a world being intuitive and sensitive. And then at some point that's knocked out of kids. I don't want to say beat out of kids because that's not great, but like is uh, stifled smushed. or smushed yeah. or whatever. And it's so important for kids to recognize that they have, they are energetic beings because I think it's super interesting because I work mm. with energy stuff that, that we talk about electric energy. We talk about solar energy. We talk about mechanical mm. energy, whatever the different kinds of energies. And when you talk about human energy or the energy field around us like then people get all freaked out and <laughs> and weird about it and it's like well if we talk about all this type of energy but then we start talking about energy between people or energy within us like, or whoa 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 whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's too weird and i'm not going there and so yeah. to like honor that that it's a thing and to teach the kids about that is such a huge is such a, a like a, a gift for sure well it's um, like super empowering yes it would Super also be empowering. interesting if that just became the norm. Like, mm -hmm. imagine I think that it is. I think it is moving that direction, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But then think about that. Like, maybe it wouldn't be empowering. You know, like, imagine if you were a kid just going through life and that was just part of your education as a mm -hmm. child. Mm -hmm. Like, yep, there's energy everywhere. I have an ability to protect mine mm -hmm. and I have the tools to do that. That would be amazing. Yeah. And like to understand how your energy influences other people. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that is a would yeah. be a huge deal. I think for me, I got so excited was because I'm super sensitive to energy. And so and I didn't know that as a kid because it was shut down for a long time. Mm. And then I like started to develop this thing where I was very in tune to other people's energy. And if I would have been taught that earlier on, how much more ease there would have been in my life because I was be so overwhelmed by things. Just to have the awareness of it, you Just mean? have the awareness uh, of yeah. it. And I didn't know that it was going on. And so the, my first therapist that I went to, before we could even start EMDR stuff, she was like, we need to get a hold. I was telling her my experience in the world. She was like, oh, you're super intuitive. We can't even do EMDR stuff until we get a hold of your intuition and you understand what's happening with it. Because uh -huh. I... Uh, I had no idea that it was a thing. I didn't even think I knew what intuition was, right? Mm, and yeah. then I was like, oh, I have a lot of this. Yeah. And so, so when she was talking about that, I was like, thank goodness, because kids are so intuitive. And I think everyone were just born that way. And so mm -hmm. it is fantastic. And so for me, I've been practicing where my 
with my energetic boundaries because I feel like I am in a helping profession and I have a lot mm. of um, close people in my life and a lot of the close people in my life are going through crisis at the moment. And so I would love to be supportive, but how do I be supportive and then, and then also have stuff left over for myself? And so then how do I do that? And so I've been doing this thing because I uh, call the spiral meditation. And so mm. it's interesting. And so you open up your energy field through your different chakras and then... You said and in, how do you open up? How do you do that? Um, Can you tell us? This is like advanced. <laughs> so this so how advanced do I do this? Serenity. <laughs> so how do I do this? Is no, advanced boundary. <laughs> yeah. Advanced boundaries. energy field yes. protection. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so you put your hand on your heart. Okay. Right? And then so you're just in this energy. And so you're just imagining green is often associated with the heart tracker right and oh, then you go oh, to the left that's my accent color then oh. you go to the left down to your solar plexus right over the boom, right down <laughs> to the ribs <laughs> yes anna um here and then you hold yourself so then you open it so then you go to like different spots and you spiral outward oh. so then your energy field is huge but so what i have noticed wait so are you you're always going to the left uh when you're opening so when you're opening, oh, yes. So okay. if you come here and then, you know, cause you're spiraling. So you're coming back to the right. So you're going up to your high heart. Oh, okay. This is going to be too hard for them to understand. I think. Okay. I want right. you all to know we are sitting, our feet are on the ground. Yeah. We're sitting in our chairs. We all have our hands on our higher heart. heart. Yeah. High heart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so maybe anyways, you could so, do a little video oh, for yeah, folks. Yeah. Sure. That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay. So, we got a lot so of stuff in, to post. A lot of things. So the point being is that I didn't realize that my energy field, because so when I opened it up before I like brought it back to normal size, I felt like really disoriented and mm. kind of dissociated. And I was like, oh, this is what I feel like when like I am giving away my energy, mm. which is essentially my own power. So I'm giving it to people like people can take it instead of like having my own energy and like giving a piece of it so that someone can light their own energy that makes sense cool. and so feeling in my body like oh this is what this feels like and so mm. i need to learn things viscerally and so that helped me so then when i close back up my energy i feel super energized and, and you go in, in the opposite way. opposite direction okay. and you reverse the spiral then i feel like oh i'm in my own power and this is what it like i can and i'm a better human being because i like have like You're, i can energy show up is protected the, yes my mm. energy is protected but i can share and it's yeah. my choice whether i'm sharing it or not because then i like understand what's happening between me and the world because Whoa. what i've learned you know because i study the energy medicine stuff and so there's this woman called andeo judith and she has this book she's several books on chakra stuff but she's studied things for like over 40 years she's amazing and so she was talking about in the book eastern body western mind so she talked about your first chakra which is like so there's seven energy centers in your body and so the root chakra is at the bottom base of your tailbone the root chakra is like safety security money issues just like general <laughs> amy's dancing um <laughs> just like general like uh stability like it's element it's earth so it's like okay. solidness in the earth and so what i have realized over time is that and then your second chakra is your sacral chakra and that's all like feelings and like flow right so if your earth is not solid so if my earth is not solid and i feel like i don't feel grounded i don't feel centered i feel like kind of shaky or anxious then my energetic boundaries are in other people's stuff because mm. i'm checking to see does it make sense i'm checking to see like hey what kind of mood is anna in right now what kind of mood is amy in right now and instead of like staying in my mm. own energy field Right. Whoa. Does this make sense? Stay, yeah. Staying just, in my mind is being blown. Mm -hmm. right staying now. in my own energy field so then I can still see where what space you're in without having to be in your shit. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's so sense? healthy. Right. It's, I know. <laughs> so healthy, Aaron. I'm just thinking about well, my butt. Like, <laughs> like I need I'm to do so much work my in my tailbone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I know exactly what you're, <laughs> I'm just thinking you're saying, about my butt. <laughs> you know, where it's like, I need to like, when you do that scan of a crowd yes, and it's like, oh, is this person like, safe? Is this yeah, person safe? Yeah, is like, this what's person going safe? on? What's going on? Mm. Yeah. Or like you go to open up that email. Yeah. 
or you're hyper vigilant about your whole environment. But when you're like, if you're in solid in yourself, like then you don't necessarily like we're not as triggered by the world around us. Yeah. So do you have um, any techniques for really being solid in those bottom chakras? Well, I think so when we've talked in previous podcasts, maybe last season about breathing all the way into your root. So it's Mm. hard to get air all the way down there. But if you can breathe all the way into your root, then that is so all the way into your hips, I guess I should say, then that's where like then you're teaching your breath is the information like you through breathing. That's Uh how you teach your nervous system. That's the language of the nervous system. Right. Mm. And so you're breathing all the way into your hips and then that is teaching your system like okay i'm safe because i have breath in my hips right and in my first chakra okay and so you can breathe you can run you can go for a walk you can a lot of times like if you stand up and push do like a calf stretch Uh um into the wall like if you put your hands on the wall and then put your feet behind you like you're stretching your calf and try to push yourself into the other room why are these things in particular good for the root chakra uh because it creates a sense of grounding and a connection to the earth okay so um because your breathing gets because your breathing is so part of much. that but but as different like different things that you can do so uh, okay it's just a connection yeah go ahead can we back up a little sure. bit and um i'm Could curious um what so fascinating would oh yeah super super fascinating so what would bad boundaries look like what do they look like you know for the listener can we talk about like what bad boundaries would look like and what good boundaries I think it's like like a visceral feeling in your body so if like you are feeling drained or yucky or yucky or like you just don't feel like vibrant or energetic or full of life or uh you feel pissy or because like anger right we get angry because our and because our boundaries were crossed Mm. and so it's just like using ourselves as the litmus test or like the barometer for what is happening so it takes self-awareness to be like, okay, what is happening with me? Like, oh, all of a sudden I feel yucky after being in Target around Christmas. <laughs> well, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And so, or because- But our, why would you say that makes sense? Say Because a bit people more. are pissy in yeah. Target at Christmas. And so like, if you feel overwhelmed, like there's frantic energy somewhere, well oh. then that, or that if you've been to Times Square in New York City feels very different than if you're in the woods, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like- that mm. sort of thing and using ourselves as the barometer because if we're in tune enough, then we know what's going on in our environment. Mm. So like, I guess what I'm thinking is when I encounter people either in my life or virtually, yes. you know, I notice that a lot of times the issues people have with one another stems typically from bad boundaries and like a, almost like a codependency. So this codependency idea uh, is something that I've learned about as I have become an adult. And what that means to me is like this idea of being overly involved in other people's situation and or the outcome. And that's like to me or looking to someone else to fill you up or give you approval. Yeah. Or like, yeah, just overly involved. Like and to me, that's an indication of a boundaries issue. And so I guess what I'm thinking is for people where this is like a new concept, Mm -hmm. like what would be some things that people might do or experience that would be an indication of bad boundaries and maybe I can say what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> I think, that, I yeah. think you got the answer in you, your head, You Anna. keep going, Aaron, Anna. Aaron, you're not saying what I'm thinking. <laughs> so this is an indication of bad boundaries because she's expecting me to read her mind. <laughs> Oh, hands touche. on learning. Hands, hands on, on learning. Touche. Hands on learning. See, and I and I was like, okay, she's not picking up what I'm putting down. Okay, here. so Definitely tell not. us. Okay, okay. so what, what, you... what I noticed with bad boundaries is overhelping, mm-hmm. being overly involved, and uh, overly involved in the outcome, and like letting people's um, possibly negative feelings about a situation or about me affect me too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like. For example. So then that would kind of be like infringing on your energy field. Yeah. Oh, I think so for sure. I think it's all emotional energy field. It's all interwoven. Yeah. So like I notice a lot of times like people will help, especially, okay, I guess I'm thinking of the spendingfastersgroup.com that Mm -hmm. I run on Facebook. And a lot of times people get into pickles because they help financially other people when they don't have the means Mm. to take care of themselves first. And right. so that ends up causing tons of issues. Usually it's um, 
either a child helping a parent financially Mm -hmm. or the opposite, where an adult, you know, a parent is helping an adult child financially. And then they get into issues where the person can't pay them back and then they're mad. And it's just like that's an indication to me of a possibly a bad boundary. There's also an indication that there is a deeper level of work than just being able to set a boundary. Because if you can't set a boundary and it's harmful to you, so if you're giving and you're not giving freely Mm -hmm. or you're expecting something in return and that's not what the agreement is, then I think like if someone's getting resentful because they knowingly knew they sounds like gave the person money mm-hmm. which likelihood of getting it back was not happening and then they get pissed about that then that's like what's happening inside of you that you're ge- engaging in this behavior mm-hmm. i think it's a deeper issue than just setting boundaries i think too you know there's boundaries of you know helping too much or someone else like you know that feeling of getting unsolicited advice it's your mm. favorite oh <laughs> It's, it, it it just irks me. But to me, that's like a violation mm-hmm. of my boundary. Yes. Like, and so I have the choice then to either say, I don't want advice right now. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I'm putting a boundary up mm-hmm. because I'm telling that person like, no. And I feel like many times it's taken me a long time, you know, and I still have a lot of learning to do and work to do. But I think if I chose not to say anything and Mm -hmm. I just kept letting that person continue to give me unsolicited advice, Mm -hmm. then I would not be setting a good boundary. Mm -hmm. And that would be on me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I and that would be my part in it. And I feel like I don't know. I just think it's really you know, there's also just like physical boundary, mm-hmm. you know, when people are like real close talkers and you're like, you you feel <laughs> Hi, that. Hi, Amy. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> you feel that. Yeah. And so then it's like, I think just that for a visual of a, mm-hmm. of, of a boundary or yeah. protecting your energy field. But like if you can then just physically take a step back from right. that person. And then the person steps in your space. Right. But then it's like, <laughs> then you, there's tactics, you know, right. like you can cross your arms and like put up uh, you know, mm-hmm. that's also a boundary, you know, right. like, interestingly enough, I was doing a little research yep. for the show. Mm-hmm. And I went to this speaker recently. And it was Emily Aries. She's an amazing speaker. Amazing mm-hmm. yeah, speaker. So such a great entertainer. Like she just was had everybody yeah. so engaged. And she has the podcast bossed, bossed up. up. Okay, yeah. yeah. Bossed up. Yeah. Huge shout out. Thank you, Emily, for everything you're doing. But Real brief. So she helps people. She helps women, I think, specifically. She helps women ask for what they want and in their career. So she helps women advance in their career, essentially. Uh, That's what I got from it Mm -hmm. so far. But she's got a lot of really great tips and things, too. Anyway, so she put on a she was with the group Lady Killers, Mm -hmm. Lady Killers (laughs) in Denver. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, I wasn't either. But we got to get. What do they do? They um, have speakers once a month Mm -hmm. for women, like women leaders and (laughs) women like changing things. It's awesome. awesome. So anyway, so Emily was there and her whole topic was assertive communication. So good. (laughs) So good. And I learned so much about the difference between assertiveness and aggressiveness. Mm -hmm. And if I were to sum it up, it would be something like assertiveness is when you say what you want, but you also allow for other people's opinions Mm -hmm. or other people's contributions to a conversation. Mm -hmm. Whereas aggressiveness is when you say what you want and you steamroll. Mm. And so you do not let other voices or other people to be heard it's like my way or the highway and here's what i want Mm -hmm. and so often women specifically are their assertiveness gets labeled as aggressiveness yes Mm -hmm. it does or bitchiness yeah totally but um emily's whole suggestion was like just ask yourself like maybe that woman is just being assertive And like, that's great as long as there is room for other people to express their opinion or their ideas. You stand in your power, I'll stand in my power. You stand in your power, yeah. Yeah. That's the, yes. It was so great. It was really great. So you know what I've noticed in myself in particular when this idea of like, hey, I can actually use my voice and be assertive and ask for what I want and 
stand in my truth. Like this whole idea from like being a kid who was shy and didn't feel like I had a voice. Like I really had to study how to be assertive. And I noticed when I first started doing this, and I noticed it in others sometimes too, when they first start exploring this concept of having an assertive voice and stance in the world is that sometimes it goes into the aggressive range because of kind of testing it out and feeling it out. And I kind of think that that's a necessary part in a way Mm -hmm. as you navigate it. So like, you know, I had to go back and fix a couple of things. I was a little too (laughs) assertive slash aggressive on, you know, and fix my part of that situation. But I mean, I think if you are new to this idea of being assertive, like there might be some messy parts involved in that as you discover your voice and figure out uh, boundaries and things like that. And it's like, okay, we let's roll it back here just a little bit. What? Rupture and repair. Oh, hey. yeah, geez. Bringing it back, Bring bringing it back. It back. Wow. So I have another, there was another tip that I, a big Wait, takeaway. Wait, were you done? Oh, yeah, yeah okay. mostly. Sorry. Yeah. There was another takeaway from the presentation. And one thing that will help maybe smooth out some of those trials. The learning curve. <laughs> yeah, the learning curve is to say your intent before content. Give an oh. example. So for example. Like say, do you do this personally or with the person? This is like another way to work on your assertive communication. Okay. So say I was in a meeting with my boss mm-hmm. and I was asking for a raise and I needed to ask for what I wanted, but I knew that they were going to disagree with me. And mm-hmm. so I knew that conflict would probably be there as oftentimes, like if you're assertive, you will not have everybody in the room liking you, mm-hmm. you know, or liking what you have to say. But that goes with the territory. It's risky. Period. And Emily continued to say that during the... It's risky. It's risky. Yeah. It's risky to be assertive. But... It helps you to be in alignment with yourself, though. Oh, my gosh. The re- Which the, is like, the energetic drain of, of yeah. that is mm-hmm. massive. Exactly. The yes. upside of it totally outweighs the risk, yes. in my opinion. But so the idea would be... So say I went in and I was about to say what I wanted, which is my content. Yes. Right? Before I would do that and before I was I knew I was going to go into that, I might say something like, hey, boss man, you know, like a boss lady. Well, let's be real. I mean, a lot of these people, a lot of women work in male dominant. Mm -hmm. It's just real. Yeah. It's like the other thing that Emily said real quick was that, you know, there we do live in a very pale Mm and male society who those pale and male individuals are leading our country and leading so many businesses. And that's just like the reality. So what can we do? Well, we can learn how to um, show the fuck up, be aggressive and allow other people to also, I'm sorry, not aggressive, be assertive (laughs) and allow other people and allow (laughs) other people to be aggressive. Aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Go. Yes. I remember that cheer. Be, be assertive. Be, be assertive. Hey. Oh, boy. So. So the content, intent. Content, Give the example. Okay. Hey, boss man. That's where we were. Yes. So it would be like, hey, boss man, my intent, you could even start with my intent or whatever, but like, Mm. I want to have this meeting with you because I need to just express where I'm at. And, you know, it's important for me to just make sure we're on the same page of where we're at or like where we're coming from Mm -hmm. regarding my pay. Something like that. So it's like, I'm stating like, hey, here's why I'm here. Here's why I'm having this meeting. And then go into, and by the way, I know that so-and-so or, you know, I'm due for a raise. And I know that I am deserving of that based on my performance. Here are a few examples why. So then it's like, here's what I want. And here's why. Mm -hmm. And not to over explain, but just like proof, Mm -hmm. you know, or like, what's your you know, credible material. Bam, 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 bam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would be like the aggressive version of that? It'd be like, hey, I... uh, Work my ass off. I need a race. (laughs) Or like, hey, I need time right now with you. You're super busy, but I need to find five minutes. So then you find the five minutes. Okay, I've been trying to meet with you. I know that I deserve more money. Like, or not even I deserve, but it would be like, 
I want a raise and it needs to be 20% higher than what I currently make or whatever, you know, right. 20% would be a really great raise. Right. But, you know, like, does that make sense? So if you slide in, like, just set the bar of why I'm setting this meeting because I want to be on the same page. Okay. And I want you to know where I'm coming from regarding my pay. Okay. That's the intent. Right. Okay, so I found a couple things. It feels like, so if we're going back to energetics really oh, quick, oh, yeah, so yeah. it feels like when we're assertive, we're like strong in our center and we're just presenting, no apologies, like unapologetic, you're just in your center. Yeah. But when you're aggressive- But you don't have to be a bitch. Right, but, and it could be perceived that way and you do not have control over what other people think about you mm, in that right. way, right? But tone yes. and setting your intention. Yes, and so aggressive, I think, is like, if you think energetically, is like, as if you're stepping forward, like mm -hmm. to someone with your energy. And so then that's the steamrolling thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that people can feel that regardless if they're aware if they can or not. Mm -hmm. But it's like, whoa, dude, what is going mm -hmm. on? Does that, that make sense? steamrolled feeling. Yes. I found this article about um, aggressive versus assertive communication. And this is on CMOE.com. And this says that aggressive communication denies the rights of others, right. insults, wins at all costs, is emotionally charged, lacks consideration and empathy for others, and damages others' self-esteem. Whereas assertive communication does not use inappropriate anger or emotion, does not try to hurt others, is honest, fair, and direct, allows others to save face, expresses emotion using eye contact and positive body language, and practices good listening behaviors. I just think even with that, like, you have no control whether or not you're going to hurt someone or not. Yeah. So, like, I appreciate what they're saying, but I would say that based on the Emily Aries mm -hmm. presentation, mm -hmm. the number one thing is, like, even if someone is loud and, like, taking up, you know, whatever, whatever, their space, they can still be assertive, even though many people will consider them hmm. to be aggressive. Because the biggest difference is if they're allowing other people to have their own opinion too. Mm. And so she was saying, the other thing that Emily was saying was like how powerful it can be in a meeting. Say there's one person who's just like talking, 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 talking. This is the way we're going to do this. Here's what I want. Here's how I want it to be done. Blah, 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 blah. And to be seen as a leader, if you're looking for that raise or if you're looking for a promotion or whatever it is in the workplace, you could interject and also maybe interrupt this person who's like just taking it and talking and talking and talking mm -hmm. and not allowing for anyone else to say anything. And you could say, I hear what you're saying. Let's give everybody else an opportunity to hear what they're saying, because I know I'm sure there's other valuable opinions out there. And that is considered like you would be. According to the research Emily has done, you would be seen as a leader and as assertive mm. because you're stepping in. Yes, I hear you. But and let's get everybody else involved. What if that person that was talking was the boss? That's we that's really. Mm. Yes. Wow. So that came up Whoa. in the conversation. <laughs> How, what did she say? Then you'll really be seen as a leader. Wow. <laughs> because it's not it's not like you're saying, hey, no, now it's my turn to talk to the boss. Who's like talking, 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 talking. It's like everybody, like your eyes are glazing over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead, you're trying to get other perspectives involved. Interesting. Hmm. I thought it was super interesting. <laughs> the other tip that I'm just going to end on, which with the Emily Aries stuff, is physically taking up space. Mm -hmm. okay. And so she showed, you know, there was like a visual of. You and that's know, hard for women. Yeah. But especially, so I mean, we thinking did this about. Like the body episode that we did, like it's like our society is women are small. Like that's what we're taught. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we did this exercise as the audience and she was like, OK, everybody sit in your chair and sit like a man right here and, <laughs> right here and so automatically let those balls hang out. Yeah. Everyone in the room. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Everyone in the they're, room, they're getting man air. spread. They're getting, man they're getting spread. Air. Yeah. Yeah. Getting and then air. she was like, okay, and then sit like a, a proper, like a, a woman. And sit like a man on the subway. And everyone, oh, yes, yeah. yeah. And okay. everyone, you know, crossed their legs, crossed their arms, mm. and became very narrow and very small. So wow. she was saying. That's a good visual. Yes. Really and she was visual. saying, 
All of us women have the opportunity to teach all the little girls who are watching us every day, no matter who you are, to take up space. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying, stand, spread your legs, like take the power stance that Wonder Woman Mm -hmm. takes Mm -hmm. and like teach other little girls or at least be a model to how you can stand and you don't have to be so small and crisscross legs and arms and petite and whatever like no take up space Mm -hmm. and I think about that with the energy field Mm -hmm. like oh my god how beautiful is that you know like you stand you sit in it's like my energy field if I make that movement which for some reason right now I'm like all about (laughs) movements over here in the studio but yeah I just think about Physical good. space. And it's a good training. It. It's so a good workshop. Is, it really was. Yeah, it sounds amazing. So there is this article that I found on Refinery29, actually. On what? Refinery29.com. I don't know what this. What? No. Oh, that's really good. Neither so, do I. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, it's good. Okay. So there's this um, these experiments that I've seen where women don't defer to men in public as far as they don't get out of the men's way as an experiment to see because men have a way of they just take up space. That's what they're taught to do. And women are not, obviously, like you just said. And so what they do in the subway this in particular or like busy cities or even here in Denver is they don't get out of the way. And then what they do is it just shows them how many times they get like bonked because the men just expect the woman to get out of the way. Is that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. And there's so much subconscious stuff going so this, on. <laughs> this article says we didn't get out of the of men's way for a week. This is how many injuries we sustained. What? Yeah. This is an article by Kimberly Trong. Oh, I'm t- T-R-U-O-N-G. Sorry, Kimberly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fascinating. And all these women decided to do this and see how many times. Oh, I got to try They got that. like body slammed. Isn't that crazy? I, I used be- to play I used to play in an adult co ed soccer league years ago and I'm the same size. It was amazing to me because I'm the same size as a lot of the dudes and they thought that they could run me over and then would get pissed whenever I would go like shoulder to shoulder like up with them because I'm the same size as you and then they get like surprised, like, Oh, I can't knock you over. Well, no shit. And so it's just like, but it's super interesting that it's just in like the, when they talk about male privilege, like that's the part of the thing is because they have been able to do that forever. Yeah. So I want to read this thing. Uh, Rachel Chen, uh, it was, uh, she is one of the women who did this experiment and she said her overall experience, she said, after two weeks of man slamming as a five foot three inch woman, I noticed that men tended to body slam me or expected me to walk around them more often when I am in flats. I purposely dressed up in heels half the time for this experiment and noticed the man slamming significantly decreased when I did. And I'm not sure if it's the perception of dressing up or if it's the height that makes women seem more, quote, worthy of respect. And uh, yeah, hmm. isn't that crazy? That's so she ended up getting body slammed seven times in two weeks. So this article just talks about all these women's experience. So wow. I think the interesting crazy, thing, right? not to... I mean, we don't want to like bash men. No, that's not what but we're trying to do. It's not about bashing no, men. But I think it's like, about the unconscious, like yeah. subconscious biases yeah. and then how people move about the world because culturally that's how people have been raised. But I would be curious about that experiment. Like, how did the men who did body slam, like, how did they react? Because I would guess that some I of them were so like, oh my gosh, excuse me. You know, well, like, I'm yeah. sure some of them were like that. But that would be just an interesting yeah. question yes. about that experiment. Yes. And yeah, I don't I think, it's think such it a would be intentional by any means. Right. You know, but I, yeah, it's the subconscious elements of mm-hmm. our subconscious uh-huh. culture for sure. Yeah. So the people that show up aggressively, what do you think that's stemmed from like if that's their communication style or they have maybe confused assertive with aggressive and Mm -hmm. what do you think that's based in i think it's (laughs) tell us anna anna knows her answer (laughs) to her question no you didn't say what i wanted you to say Erin. let me tell you what you should i'm gonna go ahead and take this one (laughs) good question anna (laughs) go ahead (laughs) Okay, so I think it comes from a place of like fear. 
of like having a deep insecurity of saying like, I fear that I'm not going to get what I want or I fear that I'm going to lose what I have. And so I have to come at it from this place of an aggressive stance, almost like a, a caged tiger of like, if I don't attack this with, and that's how I think of a, aggressive, if I don't attack this situation with all I've got, I'm going to lose here. And like, so I, when people, men or women act aggressively, I think of it as a deep insecurity and fear that's leading the show and ego, honestly, to show up in the world in like such an aggressive way. What do you two think? Uh, it makes me think of um, a concept where the and that the strongest nervous system in the room wins. Mm. And so if you if like when someone is coming at us and being aggressive and we can stay really, really calm, then you can regulate that other person. Mm. And so it's hard to do when we're triggered by if someone's coming at us like that is hard to do. But when we can stay calm, then that either person either escalates because they can't handle that or then they like we eventually like can pull down that other mm. person. So I'm it's just like thinking when about, you're like in a verbal fight or something with someone and like someone doesn't take the bait or, yes. or doesn't bite when it's like, I'm so mad. You need to be mad with me. It's like we're if the other person is calm, it's like, well, we can't have a. It's not like a, yes. a cycle of let's fight. It's like, yeah. well, it's just diffused. And I think there's isn't there studies about like narcissists who would be more have a higher tendency to be aggressive people, but mm. isn't there maybe, maybe sounds, not. Sounds isn't, good. Yeah, you yeah, know, sure. we'll just go with that. Yeah. But um, there's something about if you, if like a person is in an argument or in a situation with a narcissist, if the other person, the non-narcissist, doesn't show emotion, stays very, very calm, then it's like the narcissist will basically self-implode or like they'll self-destruct. Mm. Have I you ever heard that. that? I have not heard that. I I read that somewhere, which I think is super interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to give a couple other going back to this workshop. Yeah. <laughs> this Amy really liked it. Good I job, did, Emily. I did. I did. So this was straight from one of the slides. And I think this is really great. Just like three tips right now for verbal assertiveness. So avoid filler words. Hmm. Don't use filler words. Which would be? Like, um... Oh. Uh, the okay. you know any filler words instead you want to pause because the most powerful thing can be silence mm-hmm. think then answer so that was one the second is avoid qualifiers yes mm-hmm. so no i think well i feel like the or, softening of the message yeah or like um, I mean, I know you might not agree with this, but mm. here, let me just explain. Or I'm the word thinking just. about this. Yes. Yes. And then the third is when you're saying no is also a very, it gives the, it shows you that you're assertive, just like mm-hmm. saying no. And also no need to over explain. Yes. So she yes. says like have a gymnast finish. So oh. like you land it, you stick it, you're done. That's a good visual. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simone Biles, I got you. Exactly. In my head. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, I Great. thought that was so good. That's a good use of time right there. Yeah, yeah. good little tidbits. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really was. This <laughs> I just found this article on Goop and it says, uh, how women undermine themselves with words. Mm-hmm. Like they say things like, I'm no expert, but Yes. And then they have the word just or they insert the word actually, like, I actually disagree, whereas um, it just makes you sound surprised. Like, it actually makes us sound surprised that we disagree or have a question. What gives your power away? Yeah. Uh, using qualifiers, like, uh, I'm no expert, but dot, 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 or I know you have all the, been doing all the research this have been It's like giving this. someone too much credit. Or like, even, oh. I'm sorry, ladies, but it's time to take it ourselves. That's yeah. where I'm at right yeah. now. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, also I'm done. This is interesting. Um, I haven't heard of this one. It says asking, does that make sense? Or am I making sense? Oh, yes. Yes. Or when you say right, like at the uh, end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the problem is that this quote, does that make sense comes across either as condescending, like your audience can't understand, or it implies you feel you've been incoherent. Isn't that amazing? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah, wow. Lots of great tidbits we're finding. Yeah. It's amazing in editing when I'm doing editing and I hear myself say these things. Oh, That's I what bet. I'm thinking, where I'm like, <laughs> I oh, bet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so a lot of ways, I think like, I think being assertive is such a great tie-in to boundaries. Yes. Because it's oh, like, yeah. we have these boundaries and we're trying to establish boundaries so that then we can protect our energy fields mm-hmm. so that we can feel stronger, healthier, less triggered in our lives. Yeah. And I think a huge indication, you know, talking about boundaries and assertiveness, if we find ourselves feeling resentful, that is a huge, huge, huge indicator that a boundary has been crossed and something to look at about like, what do I feel has been crossed? Why do I feel violated? Check yourself. (laughs) Before you wreck yourself. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Aaron, there was something that you had sent uh, mm-hmm. that we were going to read. And I'm just wondering which, how to create boundaries. Is that what you're? Well, so I found this, the No BS Guide to Protecting Your Emotional Space. And it's on healthline.com. And I just think that the, we'll post a link in the show notes. But I think it's super interesting because they had tons of things like we can set boundaries for our personal space, sexuality, emotions and thoughts, stuff or possessions, time and energy, culture, religion, and ethics. And so I think they just gave a lot of like really great highlighted things mm-hmm. um, that you so could... So I could just say like yes. the, the ones that they number quick. Mm-hmm. That sure. Be? So number one, boundaries improve our relationships and self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Number two, boundaries can be flexible. I think that's really mm-hmm. great pointer. Number three, boundaries allow us to conserve our emotional energy. Truth. Number four, boundaries give us space to grow and be vulnerable. And yeah, yeah. those are the big ones. The benefits of boundaries. I think it's so good. Uh, mm-hmm. Boundaries so. are so good. So can we talk really quick so that our listeners have some like tangible ideas about what boundary setting looks like? Can we talk about some times that we have set boundaries in our lives and if that went over well, what the response was. Because I think sometimes when we think about boundaries, we think about the other person's reaction and that it might not go well. And I feel like... I think it's important to remember that we cannot... I had an internship supervisor tell me this when I first... When I was interning for grad school. And so she said that when you set boundaries, you cannot simultaneously set boundaries and also take care of someone else's feelings yes. that you set boundaries so with. Ugh. And so that is so super good. important. So important. Yes. So it's just important to remember like that to go back to boundaries that when you, you cannot take care of the other person's feelings because you just set the boundary. Yes. You can be kind and you can be compassionate. But if the person doesn't like the boundary you set, it's not your job to take care of it. And I think when you are new to setting boundaries, like people, if they're used to you, for example, saying yes to everything. Yes. And and like your relationship looks a certain way. And then all of a sudden you're like, "Eh, no, that's not going to work for me. Or no, I can't. Like that's something that a lot of people might not like. There will be pushback too. Yeah. And then things will regulate. And like we said, it's risky. Mm -hmm. Like you set a boundary. I think it's worth it though. You set a boundary. I think inherent in setting a boundary, you are being assertive. Yes. Oh, yeah. And so that there is saying a no. Yes. And there is a great choice or there's a great chance of conflict. Mm-hmm. And from the comp like that's risky. So it's not for you got to be brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To set the boundary. I also think that that. The people that set boundaries in your life that you set boundaries with, mm. the ones that respect those boundaries, mm. they might get a little bit like, hey, that doesn't feel that good. But then the ones that respect mm-hmm. your boundaries are the, probably the people that you want to keep around yeah. more mm-hmm. because they're the ones that are probably not going to drain you energetically or cross your energetic boundaries there. And so it's mm-hmm. a, that's it's a good uh, that's a green flag. And that, that is a green flag. Like, <laughs> green oh, flag. hey, I was kind of pissed when you said that, but. Like, okay, got it. At least I know where I stand with you. Yeah. So I have an example of a boundary that I set up or whatever had. A family member of mine is an alcoholic, an active alcoholic. And for my kids, I didn't want that person to be intoxicated around my kids. And I didn't know their partner really at all. And I have only been exposed to unhealthy behaviors from that partner. And so 
my boundary was that my kids or that family member and their partner could not be around my kids if they were intoxicated or if I had any sense of them being under the influence. So it was really up to me, not up to them, to tell me whether or not they were intoxicated. It was more like, eh, I don't, things don't feel good right now. Like, I don't know what you're up to, but. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. How did you relay that to this person? I think um, verbally and through email. Yeah, just like, hey, here's where I'm at. You know, mm-hmm. like you can't be around my kids when you're when you're intoxicated and neither can your partner. And if I get any kind of feeling that you are, then we're out. You're out. Yeah. Or we will leave. You know, I I think I said that, that it was that I will be leaving with my kids. And, you know, so anyway, yeah, that was a it was a big boundary to set. And it has had really tough outcomes because I have not seen that family member for years, to be honest. And they've only met my kids one time. Mm -hmm. So there's just been a lot of grief around that. But it was a boundary that was really needed. For me, I needed to set that to feel safe and to feel like a good mom and to protect my kids Mm -hmm. and frankly, myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that brings up a really good point, too, is that with boundaries, we have to relay that information to the people. Like, we can't expect them to read our minds, right? Totally. You know, because it's kind of like the idea of being in traffic and being like, why the heck aren't they letting me over? And then realizing I never even put my blinker on. (laughs) Right. It's like, what the hell? What do you expect? Yeah. Right. So being forthright. Did you think of an example, Aaron? Uh, No. Okay. Um, So another thing that I heard about... (laughs) I'm taking this. I'm You're running with this you shit now. It, girl. I'm being assertive Good. now, y'all. You are, but you asked Erin. Go ahead. Well, I can ask her. Of course. Of course. I thought you were going to. No, I was going back to that. I wasn't saying oh. like. This time I, that, she was making sure I had a voice. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. And Good. now I'm moving on to something else. Yes. Okay. Sweet. Okay. So see how this progression is. Yeah, you're learning. Awesome. Okay. We're a student. A student. Uh-huh. Okay. So. Homecoming um, queen. <laughs> um, so the. Uh, another tip that I heard, and I forget where I learned this, so apologies to whoever made this up, but the idea of if you have something heavy to tell someone or talk about or quote unquote vent, to ask the person that you're asking to listen to you, mm. do you have the capacity to hear me right now? Uh, That's de- good. Depending on like what you're going through. I thought that was so healthy. That just mm-hmm. is like, damn, like to be able to put your needs aside because I think sometimes people just start spewing or venting and it's like, wait a minute, I haven't thought, what is this person going through? Are they able to be here for me and with me in this space? Or is it it too much? In that situation, the person that is dumping, like it's usually emotionally laden thing. And so if you were to cut that person off in the middle of their like emotional dump, you can't do that because they like that, then you're a dick. And so then it like takes it like Mm -hmm. it puts the there was no permission given. And then it puts the ownership on the person that's being dumped on to be like, hey, dude, stop. I can't take this right now. And so I think like that it's so good to ask ahead Mm -hmm. of time. Like, hey, are you in a space to hear this? Um, I think that is super, super important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So good. Yes. So I think with that, we're going to wrap things up here. And I've got a quote that relates exactly Mm -hmm. to what Aaron just said. And this one is from Sheryl Sandberg, and it says, we cannot change what we are not aware of. And once we are aware, we cannot help but change. Yes. Mm. So here's to getting boundaries in place. Yep. What's the challenge or the nugget? I have an idea. Let's hear it. So uh, my idea for the awareness nugget is to notice where you're feeling resentful and ask yourself if a boundary needs to be set in place. One other thing I want to make available to everyone, we did this in season one, but I have a ways to say no guide mm-hmm. that I want to give everyone again. So we'll uh, link that in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think about that awareness challenge? I think it's great because I think a lot of times when people are resentful that they are blaming it on the other person, it's this person did this and this person did this. And always there's two sides of things. right? Mm-hmm. So. so resentment or blame. Where, yeah. you're, where you're finding yourself feeling resentful or blaming 
someone, something, someone else. Yeah. So, and to clarify, I feel like the word resentment can be a little like, eh, I don't have any resentments. Like, it's not this humongous thing. What so, are you still pissed about? Yeah. So I think of resentments as this idea of they have a, this thought or this situation yeah. or this idea has a hook in you that you can't let go. And it's like, it may seem big. It may not seem big. But it's got you. It's got a hook in you. And so that's an indication that something is going on. So be aware of that. That's that's my idea for the awareness nugget. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Challenge. Yeah. Well done. Cool. Thank you. All right, Mm -hmm. everybody. Thanks so much for being with us today. Bye-bye. We have a great new way for you to support the show. If you love what we're doing, go hit up the Less Alone podcast swag shop. We got so much awesome stuff. All the proceeds go to supporting the show so we can create more awesome content for you. So what stuff did you guys get? I got the black sweatshirt and the green trucker hat. I got a white hoodie and a coffee cup. Oh, yeah. I got the hat and a shirt. It's so cute. So go there, lessalonepodcast.com, hit swag shop and get yourself hooked up. Take a picture and tag us on Instagram or any other social media and we'll, we'll repost it. Yep. We've got a deal for you. If you go to myshapa.com and enter less alone 50, you will get $50 off your Shapa scale plus free U.S. shipping. Thanks for listening. You can find more about this episode and a way to connect to the community at lessalonepodcast.com. And if you like us, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave a review. It helps other people find us and could be just what they need.